at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin. Stefan Gilmore go to the Patriots. Now they let Mike Gillisley go to the Patriots. Are they now just the farm club within their own division? Greg. He's one of these faux-leading women. So I guess not Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Aniston. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle Cat. That's kind of Alshon Jeffrey. And Ryan. There is absolutely no reason why O.J. Howard should be drafted before Cameron Brait. Welcome back to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. We have another great show in store for you guys today. Talk a little bit of some playoff strategy here. Uh, as well today, obviously, we're going to cover the news and notes, keep you guys updated on the world of fantasy football, as well as do a little bit of some keep trade cut to where we'll cover players uh, who we think will have uh, significant impact moving towards the end uh, of the regular season and getting into the playoffs. Once again, feel free to go over to uh, our giveaway tab on the Skull King Fantasy Football website at SkullKingFootball.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. Greatly appreciated. And uh, we will get into the news and notes. So to start off, uh, we've got a couple of players heading to IR. The first and probably the most prevalent one uh, is Washington places Rob Kelly on IR and signed uh, running back Byron Marshall off its practice squad. Obviously, no one's looking to go get Byron Marshall, but what do you think this does to Thompson and Samaje Ryan? Well, I think that it goes. It basically makes Pirine as the 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 running running back still a bit of the hammer, um, in probably in short down situations. But as far as as far as you know, production the production still for the most part has come from Thompson. He's the one catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, you know, he may get a little bit more of the actual running. But for the most part, it's it's going to be it's going to be P Ryan on first and second down, and uh, you know as they've always done, Thompson is still going to be their their third down or their pass catching back. Another player that was placed on IR, CJ Prosize, coming out of Seattle, was placed on injured reserve, ending his season. Uh, this is more news. I know a lot of players had him uh, as a stash play in case something were to happen to uh, Rawls or uh, the running back situation there in Seattle. Obviously, Mike Evans is not a, uh, a grab uh, as they've signed him from Mike the Davis, you mean. squad. Or Mark Davis, sorry. Um, but Mike Davis isn't really someone to grab. Uh, but it's unfortunate that C.J. Procise uh, just couldn't seem to stay healthy. He's had uh, some injury issues. The one part I want to ask is how bad do the Seahawks now look with Alex Collins tearing it up for the Ravens and CJ Procise now injured 
on injured reserve. Yeah, I, you know they they like. I mean, let's be honest. Procise is the more talented running back. The problem is, um, you know, Collins has a little bit better of an O line that he's been dealing with in Baltimore, and you know, CJ Procise like again is the more talented. He just can't stay healthy. So I think they were just hoping that he would stay healthy. I think that um, it'll be interesting to see if Procise is still with the team at the at the beginning of next year. Yeah, moving on, another player that goes to injured reserve is Panthers rookie wide receiver Curtis Samuel suffered ligament suffered ligament damage in his ankle and is out for the rest of the season. What does this do to the Carolina Panthers offense? They do have a bye to try and fix this scenario. But Curtis Samuel was the number two receiver when Funches got bumped up and Benjamin was shipped out. What do you think this does to the offense? Well, really, this uh, this makes. I think this may make it so that uh, McCaffrey maybe lines up in the slot more and not just in the back, not just in the backfield. So um, I think McCaffrey will move out more. He'll get he'll get more work, even more work than he already has um, catching the ball. And then you know this this opens things up a little bit more for Greg Olson. It just shows the dependence that they're going to have on Greg Olson once he gets back and healthy after the bye. Where does what does this do to Funchess's value now that he's basically the only receiver receiver on the team? Is he now borderline wide receiver one? No, um, <laughs> I think he's still he's still wide receiver two. I think it's the same kind of thing that um, that they had with Kelvin Benjamin. Um, Funches still has some issues with consistency, um, and you see that every once in a while. Uh, you know, our good friend Brad Holdover at Vox DFS when he when when Funches first got drafted described him as having alligator hands. So, um, in my opinion, uh, he's still he's still probably that wide receiver two range can have wide receiver one type games depending on his quarterback uh, and how well. Uh, Newton can can get the ball to him, but again, Newton's again not that accurate of a quarterback. He's like a 50-55 percent quarterback, uh, you know, passer uh, in percentage wise. And so, I, st- I you know, I think uh, if anything, it uh, it tries to put a little more dependence on him. But they still have other weapons that they can use. And again, Greg Wil- Greg Olson is coming back in week twelve after the bye. Yeah, yeah, you kind of stole a little bit of my thunder there. Greg Olson. You're welcome. Um, ha, uh, Ron Rivera, expect Greg Olson to return against the Jets in week 12. We've been talking about stashing him on IR. Um, he's going to come back. He's going to be available. And now with Benjamin and Samuel gone, no one has more chemistry in this offense than Greg Olson with Cam Newton. So uh, as much as... Greg Olson was a highly valued tight end at the beginning of the season before the injury. His stock has risen, even though he hasn't played in a number of weeks. Correct. Uh, another piece of information is Eagles offensive coordinator, Frank Reich expects Jay Ajayi to take a bigger role against the Cowboys in week 11. About freaking time. What surprises me is that the offensive coordinator says he expects wouldn't he know or not know? No, I or think am it's, I making beans out of? Yeah, I think you're you're parse, you're trying to parse it too much. 
Um, I think in terms of the Cowboys, it, a lot of it's gonna it, they're gonna it, it's gonna try to depend on um, you know game script. But as far as the running game goes, they're gonna try to um, give the ball to a and have him work more and not have to pass as much if they don't need to. If they get into situations where they have no choice but to pass, well, then, yeah, that may limit how much J.J. can um, can run the ball. But for the most part, they, they want to try to use the running game as much as possible. That's, that's what he's trying to say. All right, moving on. One of the NFL's top rushing attacks is getting stronger as the Saints are signing – Running back Jonathan Williams off the Broncos practice squad, according to league sources. I think this is more of a depth move. Uh, yes. They just lost their, their third string running back this last week. This is not going to eat into Kamara or to Ingram. They're playing too well. Jonathan Williams, there's a reason why he was on a practice squad. Um, so not too much news other than a little bit of roster depth for the Saints. Uh, we have a Danny Woodhead sighting. He's expected to play this week, barring any setback in practice. So, obviously, monitor him this week in practice. Um, he should be good to go this week, once again, barring any setbacks. What type of production are you looking to see from Danny Woodhead in, hers, in his first game back against a, a Green Bay defense that has been banged up but is, is starting to get healthy, I guess? At least on the defensive side, their their offense seems to be losing someone every week, whether it's a lineman, running back, quarterback, wide receivers still good. Hopefully knock on wood not to jinx them. But what type of uh, expectations do you have hold for Woodhead this week? Honestly, I think I don't have a, a whole lot of hope for him. Yeah, maybe three or four, maybe you know, three, four, five carries max. I you know, ten touches max. It's like five carries. He's never really been all that great at carrying the ball. So five carries for fifteen yards, four or five catches for maybe forty to fifty. Yeah. So I'm look I'm looking like twelve, thirteen points max. I mean that's that's the high end right there for me in terms of what I think his production is going to be for uh for in PPR this week. Yeah, they're not going to go heavy in week one from his injury. They nope. want to be very, very wary of those hamstrings uh, because those have been his downfall over the last couple of years. When he's been healthy, he's been great. When he's been injured, it's been the hamstrings. So, um, or, or either that or he's broken a leg. So Yeah, or he snapped himself in the leg. Uh, finally, wrapping up our news and notes, Bucks coach Dirk Cutter thinks that Jameis Winston will return this season – my question is why? Right now, they're out of the playoffs. Um, it is a very, very deep NFC division yeah, right NFC, now. NFC is ridiculous right now. Yeah, NFC is ridiculous. There's a lot of injuries going on. Um, I have Arizona as a better shot to make it than, than Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's got to continue to play Carolina, has to play the Saints. Uh, it's not looking good there. So why would they rush him back, and why not just play for next season? Um, obviously, this has effects to to Evans and to Brait. But first question, why would they bring him back? And number two, what does this effect uh, have on Evans and Cameron Brait? Well, I mean, in terms of – I think the reason that they bring him back is more for development. They've, I mean, really, they're only just over halfway through the season. They've played nine games – they still have seven more on the season. 
So, you know, to have him come back for four or five at the end of the season, again, just to get him back and try to build up some chemistry again uh, with, the play, with, uh, with some of the players, you know, some of his receivers, uh, possibly with the running back. So it's, it's, more of a, it's more of a development, you know, continue to, continue to help him learn the system more and get better. That's why they would bring him back. Again, like I said, they've only played, they've played nine games. They're not even, it's, as far as the, I know we tend to get wrapped up in the fantasy football, in the fantasy football season, how the fantasy season usually ends week 13 and 14, 15, and 16 are playoffs, um, you know, for the most part, or, you know, 15, 16 are playoffs. So, but as far as the NFL season goes, they're only week nine, or they've only played nine games of 16. They still have seven games to go. So I can see them, you know, even them sitting out two or three more and playing the last four to five games again to build up that chemistry and to continue to work him, since he is only what in his third year as a as a, as a quarterback. Yeah, in his third year, huge breakout season year one, a little bit of a letdown in year two, high expectations in year three, um, but his shoulder injury obviously is to blame. I think this year, plus there's a little bit of uh, communicate or just chemistry issues. I think the defense put him. Bu- behind the eight ball in a lot of games, not playing very well. Um, but what we'll do now is we'll get into some of these listener questions that have been coming in um, to the show. The first one comes in from Marco Angelo. I just traded Demarius Thomas for Tevin Coleman. Do you think this is a good trade? I need, I'm in desperate need for a running back. Um, let me actually see here. I've got actually got it pulled up right here. Let me, uh, let me pull Demarius right here. Let me see, or here. Let me do it this way. Um, just to make sure I've got where the actual standings are for players. Where is Demarius, 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 Demarius? Demarius is what, number 18, 19? Um, He's 22 for, on, in ESPN PPR non-fractional scoring. Okay, so in fractional scoring, he's number eight to twenty nineteen. He's number eighteen. Um eighteen nineteen. So and who did he who did he get for Demarius? Tevin Coleman? He got Tevin Coleman. I think this is a good trade because concussions are a fickle thing. This is the second one for Devonta Freeman this season. Uh they could look to hold him. He's he's obviously not playing Monday night against Seattle. Yeah. Um, that is too quick to come back from his second concussion. C.J. Fedorowicz was put on injured reserve. Obviously, we don't know the severity of Freeman's concussion. Um, but with that being said, Freeman's got to be out for a couple of weeks, which puts Tevin Coleman in prime prime position to be very, very fantasy relevant over the next couple of weeks. To yeah, get it, into the playoffs at least. At least to get him into the playoffs, yes. Because, I mean, let's be honest, he hasn't hardly been used at all this year. Um, you know, when we thought, when we looked at, at, uh, at Sarkeesian being the coach or, or being the offensive coordinator, we thought that we would see a lot more of the, the multiple running back stuff. It just hasn't happened. So, um, so yeah, I think that for now, yeah, this is probably a good move. Um, we'll kind of see, we'll see how it works out, especially with that, with the, the Broncos moving to Brock Osweiler, who knows how that offense is going to work out. So. Yeah, uh, moving on. Next question comes in. Thielen over Michael Thomas, question mark, or should I start or should I start Ingram over Hunt and put Thielen at flex? 
Um, who, are, who are his other wide receivers that he's not starting both of them? I, I don't uh, – I can't remember, but honestly – Adam would, Thielen is the number four overall wide receiver. Why would you sit him? I would start Thielen over Thomas. Yes. Well, I mean, um, they're number four and number eight. So, I mean, you've got – that's two top ten wide receivers. Well, Michael Thomas isn't getting touchdowns, and that's, that's why I'm leaning towards Thielen. Thielen's going to be a little bit more involved in terms of the touchdown game as much as he <laughs> operates in the slot and hasn't scored a touchdown – went like the first five or six weeks without a touchdown. I like Thielen right now and how he's playing. Um, obviously, the number one wide receiver at Minnesota. I will yep. say it again. We, obviously, the number one. And we called that early in the season. We called that early in the season. I think Diggs is having a little bit better of a season because he's staying healthy. We projected him to get a little bit more banged up. He was banged up but has bounced back pretty well uh, this last week. And Ingram over Hunt. Right now, I don't know how you don't start Ingram, but I also don't know how you're not starting Hunt. You've got to play two running backs. So I don't know, unless you've got uh, no, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. And if you have all three of those. Or Todd Gurley. Or, or Todd Gurley. If you have any of those three, um, it won't matter. <laughs> you will win. So I, I would go with the. If I had to pick Thielen or Thomas, I'd go Thielen. If I had to start Ingram or Hunt, I am banking on Hunt having a great second half after the bye. Yep. I think they they reined him back in to keep him from getting injured because they're going to need him in a playoff push. Uh, and uh, Trickantric West is not going to cut it. So they need him. They've got a couple of great matchups coming up. So I look for, for Hunt to have and, – and as that, I'm going to roll with Hunt over Ingram. I know Ingram had an insane game in terms of touchdowns, but he's got Kamara right behind him who can go off at any time, and maybe they go hot hand. I don't know. But Correct. in terms of the running game, it is Hunt at Kansas City. Um, I, again, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, you know, Kareem Hunt, you're looking at the number two scorer. Now, I know a lot of that is he got hot early. But we're still talking about a guy who is second in the league. He still has more rushing yards than Todd Gurley. Um, and so I think he still has – I think he's just behind Todd Gurley in overall yards. And so, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's just absolutely been tearing it up all year. And even when he hasn't gotten necessarily as many touches as we as, you know, we as, as spectators think he should, He's getting everything done with those touches. I mean, he's still averaging four and a half, five yards a carry when he's only getting ten touches. So, um, so yeah, I, you got to go, you got to roll with Kareem Hunt. All right, uh, Big Vic three hundred comes in with a question, but I'm not exactly sure what he's asking. He says, "My running backs are Freeman, Ty Montgomery, Cohen, and Forte. Uh, of those four, who would you? I mean, Freeman's not going to play." Ty no. Montgomery's probably not going to play. You got to go Cohen and Forte, but Forte is on bye. You need to go grab somebody off the waivers. Yeah, you're kind of in trouble there, buddy. A running back situation. Um, he has said that his this season has killed him with injuries. Uh, it's not done yet because Freeman's injured and Ty Montgomery's injured, and so is Forte. So yeah, you're continuing to kill you um, right now. A uh, question comes in from iLion83. This is a standard question. 
Okay. I know we typically handle PPR, but here's a standard question. He's his first round buy is locked in the playoffs. Three already? weeks ago, and he already has a lock in the first first round. So good God. Um, I would expect that this person's been listening all season. Um, ching. Um, <laughs> but the question is trade Thielen, Kelvin and Kelvin Benjamin for Olson and Devonte Parker. He needs a tight end bad. Would you be willing to give up Thielen and Benjamin to go get Olson and Devonte Parker? No. Yeah, that makes me a little bit nervous too. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin needed to learn the offense for Buffalo. He also went up against who I think has been top one or two in terms of corners this year in Marshawn Lattimore. So Lattimore has been shutting everyone down. Benjamin went up against him after only knowing the offense for what, nine days? So I wasn't expecting much from Benjamin. I'm looking for more, especially once again, we've talked about how Buffalo has an easy route the rest of the way. Hopefully they can turn their season around and still make a playoff push. I really like Olsen and Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is a consistent uh, player. When he's healthy, he's scored 12 points in every game that he's played so far. That he's been healthy and played the full, full snaps. But I really like Thielen. I think, well, here, here he says uh, other wide receivers are Antonio Brown, Tate, and Tyreek Hill. So that might help get rid of Thielen. That would explain so, why he's getting, you know, why he's absolutely tearing everyone a new his, one. His other tight end is Jack Doyle. What are your thoughts on Jack Doyle the rest of the way? Oh, gosh. Um, I still think, uh, you know, Jack Doyle can be serviceable. The problem, the thing about Greg Olson, though, is he is, you're going after someone who is been out for eight weeks. So, I mean, you, you know, how much are they going to use him right away? I mean, I understand that they're a little death. They're not, they're a little desperate, but at the same time, they're in prime. I mean, they right now, for the most part, have a, uh, um, a wild card spot locked up for right now, unless they start losing more games. But right now they're playing really hot right behind the Saints. And so I would almost think that they they have the ability to kind of take it easy with Olsen. And so for now, I, with how stacked the rest of his team is, I'd almost see if there if he could maybe get like a Cameron Braid or something like or someone like that that's maybe been falling off a little bit and not have to give up so much and not have to give up so much. Yeah, the one thing that I'll say about Doyle is you you do know what you're getting. They played a very very tough Pittsburgh defense who is solid against the pass. I think that has more to do with his lack of production. He is on a bye. Once again, remember up until this week, he had been the most heavily targeted tight end. No one had had more targets than Doyle over the last five weeks. So Doyle is a known commodity. Uh, okay. Healthy, Here, although Brissett is his quarterback. Okay. Here's the thing. In, in PPR, Jack Doyle is the number six tight end. Yes. You stick with him. He's a top, yeah. he's a top 10 tight end. Don't worry about get. Just keep keep playing him he's actually passed in ppr he's already passed up passed up camera break by 10 points yeah so 
So, yeah. And I'm not getting rid of Cameron Brait. I've got one team that I've got Cameron. I start both Cameron Brait and and Evan Ingram. Yeah, as much as I like Parker's consistency, he's clearly not the number one target. He's a little bit of a deeper target. But Jay Cutler still has me nervous um, the rest of the way. Uh, Excuse me. uh, Dorian uh, comes in and says, I don't know if there was a question that I missed before. Oh, this was the Thielen over Michael Thomas scenario. His other receivers are Tyreek Hill, Michael Thomas, and Robbie Anderson. That's the, do you start Thielen over Thomas? I say you start Thielen, Thomas, and Tyreek Hill, wherever you're at with the flex scenario there. Pick one of those three to play as your flex. Yep. Uh, Question comes in. From Kenny, I'm in a two-quarterback league. My quarterbacks are Taylor and Dalton. Uh, Should I try to get Big Ben or Dak Prescott? Well, Dak Prescott for now is not going to have much of a choice but to air it out. If you can get Dak Prescott, okay. I mean, here, let me me actually pull up where the, the quarterback rankings are right now. Um, so you've got Prescott currently in PPR four touchdown point, four points per touchdown for quarterbacks. He is currently the quarterback six. So the fact that he's on waivers and addable is no, I don't think, no, I think it's, I think I'm guessing you would probably have to trade for him in order to get him in order to get Dak Prescott or Ben Roethlisberger because he's got Tyrod Taylor, who's like number, looks like number 16, 17. And then he's got Andy Dalton, who's number 22. So, uh, yeah, you're – I mean, if you can get someone without having to give up too much, I mean, because you're not, get, you're not getting a ton of production from those two. Um, I mean, Eli Manning is outperforming both of them, for crying out loud. Yeah. So – yeah, you're kind of. I mean, Jacoby Brissett is outscoring him for crying out loud. If you get Jacoby Brissett, well, I mean, Brissett's on bye, but if you could get like a Jacoby yeah. Brissett or a Josh McCown as your second, as your second, or as your third QB, um, I'd almost rather go that way again. So you're not having to give up as much, but you're still getting pretty steady, um, pretty steady production. A question also comes in: uh, What if I go after? Uh, Croft for Kelvin Benjamin or Tate because schedule is tough. I think I think there's a lot of depth on his roster. This this is eyeline again. He's got a lot of depth at wide receiver and no one at tight end, quote unquote. I still like but Doyle. He's got Jack Doyle. Uh, Croft is a consistent projection beater, but he's not going to knock the doors down. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit later. In, yeah, in I'm. Ends, but Croft, I mean, really, Croft had the one. Andy Dalton still is quarterback, and that's the biggest determining factor the, for me that makes Croft not viable. Yeah, I mean, he has a little bit of a soft schedule coming up, but I just I I don't trust it again because it's because he's got because of who his quarterback is. Um, I would. I'm just kind of looking down the list a little bit to see what's what's available. You know, if he could go with like a Vernon Davis or a Ben Watson 
or an AS, if he could maybe find like, if he could trade for like an ASJ, maybe. I mean, Austin Safarian yeah. Jenkins is a top, uh, was it one? Two, he's top 10. Top, no, he's nice, top 12. And he missed the first two games of the season. So, well, that's that. Okay. Since he started playing, he's, he's probably top, top eight. Yeah. So, because you get two weeks that he got zero, but those were uh, where he sat out. He's on the bye this week. Um, I don't like Carolina in his first game back. Kansas City's nice. Denver's nice. And then second round of the playoffs, New Orleans, and then the Chargers. I'm not the biggest fan of those two matchups. But um, uh, here's uh, here, real quick. I would see, you know, maybe look, have him look at Austin Hooper. Well, Austin Hooper's been back and forth. Um, steady targets. He's only last, yeah, the last few weeks he's had steady targets at least. So, so uh, another question comes in, and I like this one because this kind of pits the two of us, uh, I think, on two different mindsets. Okay. Um, who do you like better the rest of the season, Deion Lewis or Rex Burkhead? Neither. Neither. There's a reason I have James White. <laughs> um, honestly, probably Dion Lewis because um, even teams that even leagues that don't have um, return yard scoring will still give you the touchdowns for guys who um, who can who run back who have special teams touchdowns. And Dion Lewis as the kick returner, plus he's getting a little bit of work as uh, running the ball. I think that he is the he is the bigger threat. He is the bigger playmaker threat, in my opinion, um, than than Burkhead. Burkhead may be more consistent, but in terms of in terms of you know, shot in the dark, you're more likely to. I I would rather go with Lewis. Yeah, I would lean Burkhead in PPR because he's getting receiving. Uh, catches and receiving yards. Deion Lewis wasn't even targeted, I don't think, in the Patriots game. He did get the touchdown on the return, but I don't like relying on return touchdowns. No. Because of how rare they are. But I really like Burkhead. Once again, he was heavily targeted in the first couple of games. He was out with injury. Now that he's back, I'm looking for there to be more consistency going to Burkhead. Once again, this is a, it's the Patriots running backs. So know that nothing is knowable in terms of what is inside Bill Belichick's head. Correct. What he decides to do is like in a fleeting moment. So Deion Lewis had a great game. Burkhead had a great game. Next week, they could be healthy scratches and Gillisley could be back. Who knows? <laughs> I, doubt, I doubt that scenario plays out, but it could be that random. Um, yeah, it could happen. I like Burkhead. You like Lewis. It just depends on, on one, what kind of league you're in. I like I like Burkhead more in PPR. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that's where uh, the discussion goes. And then um, let's see here. On the waiver wire, what is your thoughts to C.J. Fedorowicz? How desperate are you for a tight end? That's, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. If you really, really need a tight end, then yeah, you go with CJ Fedorowicz. If you are already set, if you have a guy that's in the top ten, even in that eight to eight to twelve range, you're probably okay. If you have the, if you're in that eight to twelve range and you have the roster space to pick up CJ Fedorowicz, then go ahead. 
Um, but if you have a, it, you know, I mean, if you've been streaming all season, um, I would, the, in that case, yeah, I would go with CJ Fedorowicz. I would go ahead and try to pick him up and see if you can, you can get some consistency out of him before he gets another concussion. Yeah, if you want someone who is a clear backup and you have roster space, then I would say yes. But if you're not looking to have a backup tight end and you like the matchups for your tight end for the next couple of weeks, I'd leave C.J. Fedorowicz right where he is because there's not going to be a lot of people that are going to look to grab him. And I don't see him doing a lot in terms of production. He'll be consistent, kind of at 10-point range or lower. So I don't really look for a lot coming from C.J. Fedorowicz. He is streamable. Once again, if you're absolutely desperate, uh, and then, yes, another question comes in. Corey Coleman is a good pickup. Uh, like, I, like we said very, very early when we talked about draft strategy, as, as long ago as that was, the number one receiver on a horrible offense is still very fantasy relevant. And, and Corey Coleman uh, is electric with the ball. Uh, he is as, very long as, he does, as long as he doesn't step on it. Yes, as long as he doesn't step on a football, he should be fine. So we'll get into uh, a little bit of some fantasy uh, football playoff push strategy. And so, once again, we're three weeks out from the playoffs. Um, I want to talk about this because of some things that I'm doing in one of my leagues uh, in selling the farm to horrible teams. But this is one thing that I like to do. Once again, in redraft leagues, it doesn't matter what your team is if you don't make the playoffs, and it doesn't matter what your team is once you lose in the playoffs. Correct. Bet the farm. It's a redraft anyway. And so it's all about winning the championship. So for me, what I'm currently doing, and we talked about this before the show, and I'm actually going to list this off as long as this is going as, as long as this is going to say, I am doing a five I am currently pending a five for two trade and a four for two trade. I am targeting the teams that are desperate to make a run towards the playoffs who need to win out in order to make the playoffs as a, as a move to improve their roster to steal probably their best one or two players. And so in, the, in one of my leagues, currently I have a trade for Antonio Brown and Marquise Lee, and I'm giving up. Keenan Allen, Devontae Parker, Duke Johnson, Jack Doyle, and Phillip Rivers. Because I really like Mariota's schedule the rest of the way. I'm not looking to have a backup uh, at quarterback because I believe in Mariota the rest of the way. If he gets injured, that's going to hurt. But I'm not going to bank on an injury now. Um, Jack Doyle, I have uh, Olsen as a backup. And Charles Clay right there at tight end. Uh, Duke Johnson, I'm willing to give away to get the upgraded Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, uh, and Devontae Parker as well. I'm trying to get the number one receiver on some offenses that are really relying on them. Antonio Brown's had a couple of bad weeks. Marquise Lee, I really believe in. And so what I'm doing is getting rid of, I say all that to say this, I'm getting rid of roster depth to drastically improve my starting lineup. And I'm specifically targeting the teams that need to improve overall roster and may need and may want to give up maybe a, a number one player in order to fill out their roster a little bit better. 
what is your thoughts on that strategy? I think it, again, we're talking, we're talking redraft. And so in redraft, you know, you, you have to bet the farm in order to, in order to be successful. Um, honestly, I think in my, in a couple of my leagues, I, I've probably played a little too, a little too close to the vest, a little too conservative where really I should have just been, you know, this is why you see guys make a ton of trades. Um, I have not, I don't think I made a single trade this year for the first time in forever. Now, part again, part of that's because, you know, I'm in the middle of, you know, a massive career change and haven't been able to focus as much on, on my specific teams as, as I, as I can, or as I have in the past, um, trying to put as much energy into, um, helping you guys out as possible. So, but honestly, I think that, um, you know, you bet the farm. You you put as much into it as you can. Uh, again, redraft. Go for the gusto. If you can make a massive trade like that to bring someone in, um, I I did that in my my first year with uh, with my work league, and they basically veto every trade I go I do since because I won the league that year. So um, well, welcome also to when when your friends know you host a podcast. They feel every trade you offer, even if you're offering, I'm giving you Antonio Brown and I want ball Powell, they'll not do it because they think for some reason you know something they don't and they're just not going to do it, which is kind of annoying. No, see, my friends, I've, I've performed so badly this year. I've got a kid in my league. <laughs> I, I've got a kid in my league that's like, you do a fantasy football podcast and your team sucks and you missed the playoffs last year. You don't know anything about fantasy football, but I'm still not going to trade you. <laughs> it's... Yeah. One thing I'll say is this, is we put in a lot of time to study and all this other kind of stuff, but it's, it's like football. The game still has to be played. Yep. I like to say this, any blind squirrel, any blind squirrel can find a nut who at the beginning of this year saw Devin Funchess as a potential wide receiver one to wide receiver two by the end of the season. Yep. No one. So, and that's where people in the waiver wire can get, can get very, very creative. In addition, uh, in talking about overall fantasy strategy, prepping for next year, I hate, I absolutely hate, reverse order of standings waiver wire order and here's why oh so do i in in the league that i'm talking about doing this massive overhaul i jumped out to a four and one start and have not been able to do I, I i am very very glad that i drafted very well and haven't really needed to get into the waiver wire that much uh i i did have to grab um alfred morris very, very early and continue to hold on to him because I knew Elliot's going to get – Elliot's going to serve a suspension, period. So – but the waiver wire, one guy who currently started 0-5 and has won seven or, – or sorry, he has won five consecutive games and is now at 5-5, five and five, got all of the good – he got McKinnon. He got Deshaun Watson before he went down. He got everybody because he had waiver wire priority and got the best player every time. So that's why I hate that. If you can get to a fab system to where winning early doesn't cost you waiver wire order for the next five to six weeks, 
that's what I would look to do next season. Yeah, I've got I've got one league that I mean I know we're kind of looking doing a little looking back here, but I've got one league that that I'm in that I have not I've I've tried for the last couple of years to get them to do a fab system, and instead what what we do, which I think is the next best thing, is it's is it's a rolling waiver list. Yes. So as soon as you make if you make a waiver claim, you move to the end of the list. Yeah. So anytime, so if you make like four or five waiver claims in a week, well, you're probably going to be, you know, in a 10 team league, you're probably going to be 10th in waivers the next week. But if you decide, okay, I'm not going to make any waiver pick, you know, I've got a solid team. I don't necessarily need to make a waiver pick the next couple of weeks. Well, then you'll end up, you know, by, because everyone else is probably desperate at that point, you'll yeah. probably move up to maybe, maybe your third in waiver order later on or so. one if everyone goes out and tries to grab somebody correct so uh really quickly we're going to blast through a couple of these questions then get to the keep trade cut uh do you think clement is a good pickup for the eagles oh maybe again that's more of a backup because they still have blunt they still have i mean small wood They've got Ajayi now, and Ajayi's role is expected to increase. So I think Ajayi could, if Ajayi can show what he did last year, Ajayi could just blow the doors off the off the world, the end of this season, um, and and could really help some teams out. So yeah, I would say only grab Clement if you have Smallwood, because I think Smallwood is is very very back of the burner. Yep. Uh, kind of a situation. Another question comes in. Your thoughts on McKinnon? Uh, is Murray a must pick up or Eckler? My running backs are McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, McKinnon, Henry, and Morris. Really quickly, I'll answer this one. Um, drop Henry and drop Henry. Drop and you could possibly Henry pick up Eckler. I would say go get McKinnon. McKinnon has been very, very. God, if you can get uh, McKinnon, yeah. If you can get McKinnon, great. Then I would Wait go Eckler. Henry is he has clearly McKinnon. the backup. He has McKinnon. Read that again. RBs are McCaffrey. Melvin Gordon, McKinnon. Okay, so is Murray a pickup, or I would go Eckler over Murray. Correct. I would go Eckler Great. over Murray, especially with considering we again we're always talking Correct. we're always talking um, um, PPR. PPR. So I think I think Eckler would be the the way to go there. Yeah, I, I am hoping that uh, Woodhead 2.0 catches on. Not to take away from Eckler's name, but that's yep. basically what he is. Yep. Um. Let's see here. Someone offered me Dalton Evans, Keenan, and Aguilar for Brown and Prescott. Sounds like no. someone else is trying to do the same strategy I was doing. Yeah. But keep, I wouldn't take that either. Nope. Nope. Keep, keep your guys there. I don't like Dalton. Evans now has Fitzpatrick throwing to him. Keenan is, is someone that I like. Aguilar doesn't get enough targets. Brown and Prescott should – Brown at least should have a great uh, final out. And Prescott uh, – um, should be good. Uh, let's see here. Okay. And so we will get on to the keep trade cut because there's not any other questions, just a lot of comments that came in. Once again, we thank you guys for listening and being active in the show. Uh, we're going to start with the quarterback position. We're going to cover, uh, we're going to try and cover this as quickly as we can. Keep trade cut on a couple of players that are fringe. Not high, but really someone who to really have a discussion about um, quarterbacks who we would like to finish out the regular season. I'm going to list three, Philip Rivers, Tyrod Taylor, and Ben Roethlisberger. Um, for me, really quick, I would look to 
probably keep Tyrod Taylor, trade Phillip Rivers, and cut Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, the reason why Phillip Rivers has Buffalo, Dallas, and Cleveland coming up, I think he's got a, a better schedule. I like Tyrod Taylor because the rest of his schedule is easy. Goes up against San Diego, which is a little bit challenging. They have a, a pretty solid defensive backfield. But then he has Kansas City and New England, who have been horrible against the past. So I like Tyrod Taylor to finish out the regular season. And Roethlisberger has Tennessee, Green Bay, and Cincinnati. Those are tougher defenses to play. Uh, plus Roethlisberger, he has been consistent as of late, but I still just don't like Roethlisberger right now uh, above the other two. Uh, I, I'm, I'm cutting Ben Roethlisberger. In a, I mean, that was, I'm just looking at that list. That was the easy pick. Uh, I think I'm probably actually keeping Phillip Rivers. I understand he's in the concussion protocol and trading Tyrod Taylor. Um, Tyrod Taylor has been okay, but again, he's been back and forth. Um, I trust the quarterbacks who can air it out more than the running quarterbacks, to be completely honest. Tyrod Taylor still, um, you know, we're not looking at the, the best wide receiver core. Um, yeah, he gets Clay back, but how, how, um, how healthy is Clay going to be? Charles Clay going to be? So, well, he uh, did get a warm-up game this last week. True, true. But, you know, I'm still, I trust Phillip Rivers over Tyrod Taylor. All right, moving on to the running back position. Um, oh, and really quickly, Phillip Rivers was quarterback 14, Tyrod Taylor quarterback 15, and Roethlisberger quarterback 16. So they're all there around the same in terms of production. Uh, running backs, we're going to talk about Joe Mixon, who's currently running back 26, Bilal Powell, who is running back 28, and Amir Abdullah, who's running back 27. Um, Mixon faces the Browns, or the Broncos, Browns, and Steelers finish out the regular season. Bilal Powell faces uh, the bye week this week and then Carolina and Kansas City. Mir Abdullah has Chicago this week, Minnesota, and Baltimore. Of those three, who are you keeping, cutting, and trading? Um, I'm probably... Well, Joe Mixon has, has it a little bit tough with the Broncos. The Browns have played pretty well against the, uh, pretty well against the run, but their defense has been faltering i mean not that their defense had much to do anyways because they're what oh and nine now um i probably honestly i probably keep joe mixon trade amir abdullah and cut Bilal powell i would do the same as much as that uh as much as that hurts i wanted to have kind of some <laughs> theme music uh with as much love as i have given Bilal powell it really makes me nervous right now. They're on the bye week this week, but McGuire has taken Bilal Powell's position in terms of the role of the pass catching back. Bilal Powell, that's his strength, and they're currently not doing anything with it. So I'm wondering whether or not Bilal Powell is going to be viable or continue to be that running back two-ish type player after the bye week um, he hasn't really scored more than 10 points in a number of weeks. He did have that really good game where the defense just kind of let him fall, get up, and then run 80 yards for a touchdown. That's where a lot of his production came that week. Um, but I like Mixon. He plays the Broncos, who are not the same defense, the Browns, and the Steelers, who are not good against the run. Browns are okay against the run. Um, 
Amir Abdullah is trending the right way for me as he's getting a little bit more involvement. He faces Chicago, Minnesota, and Baltimore, which makes me really scared. But Bilal Powell in the bye week this week and then faces Carolina, the only time that I would look to start him above these two over the next three weeks would be against Kansas City, and that's in three weeks. Yep. I don't want to hold him for two weeks to then play him against Kansas City. Correct. Uh, moving over to the wide receiver position, we have Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Circle K as we like to call him here on the show, um, <laughs> wide receiver 19, Des Bryant, wide receiver 23, and Keenan Allen, wide receiver 25. I'll go first on this one. Okay. Um, over the next three weeks, Alshon Jeffrey is facing Dallas, Chicago, and Seattle. Jeffrey is on the best offense, but he is not the go-to receiver. I don't think there really is a go-to receiver for the Eagles outside of Zacherts. Everyone else is getting spread out very, very uh, evenly, unless your name is Smith, uh, Troy Smith. Uh, Nelson Aguilar has the same amount of touchdowns as Alshon Jeffrey. And outside of last week when, uh, when Ertz was out, that's really where Jeffrey caught him and had two touchdowns. Um, they go against the Chiefs, 49ers, and Chargers. Not really the, the elite of defenses. Sorry, the, when, when Jeffrey got his touchdowns, it was against the Chiefs, 49ers, and Chargers, who are not the elite of defenses. Um, so I'm not looking for Alshon Jeffrey to be as productive the rest of the way, facing a, a good defense in Chicago, a, a, a defense that's okay in Dallas, and a good defense in Seattle. I like Bryant and Allen more, probably also because the target share is there for the other two. I would keep Allen because he's the most heavily targeted wide receiver in the league, trending towards 144 targets by the end of the season, who also faces Buffalo, Dallas, and Cleveland. And then I would look to trade Des Bryant on name value, and I'd probably cut Alshon Jeffrey because unless you can trade him on name value over the last two weeks because of three touchdowns in the last two weeks, I don't think you can get much for him. He just doesn't get enough target share. I don't know if I can add anything to that because you did exactly what I was going to do. <laughs> okay, so we'll go to the tight end position. So, There's probably a little bit more conversation. Um, yeah. We have Benjamin Watson as tight end 15, who's facing Green Bay, Houston, and Detroit over the next three weeks. We have Austin Hooper, who's tight end 11, facing Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Minnesota over the next three weeks. We have Tyler Croft, who's currently tight end 16, facing Denver, Cleveland, and Pitt. Over the next three weeks, who do you like of those three? Who would you keep, trade, and cut? I would probably keep Ben Watson trade Austin Hooper and uh, and cut Tyler Croft. Um, again, Benjamin Watson, he's going to be uh, depended on because he's about the only receiving option really for um, God, whatever the Flacco. For Flacco until Woodhead comes back. Correct. And, and so f- let's be honest, Flac- most of Flacco's production in terms of throwing um, throwing the ball has always either gone to a white or a running back catching the ball out of the backfield or a tight end. Um, you know, whenever there's been a wide receiver that's played really well for him, it's been inconsistent and it's been on just big plays because he can air the ball out. So 
Um, so I think for consistency's sake, it's Ben Watson. I think you can trade Austin Hooper because he's had a couple of good weeks. Um, he's been back and forth. I just don't trust him to be consistent, so therefore I'd see what I could get out of him. And Tyler Croft, again, I, I don't trust the Red Rocket, so I'm, I'm just cutting him. Uh, I would do the same. Uh, Benjamin Watson, and, and here's my logic. Benjamin Watson is flying under the radar a lot. He is the most consistent tight end in fantasy football. Um, other than week one, when he was coming back from his injury in the offseason, and the game against Oakland, he has eight points in every game this season. And once again, ESPN, PPR, non-fractional scoring. So that's the most consistent player you can get. If I can get eight points out of my tight end, as much as I'm a streamer on tight end, I don't look to go for the big names at tight end. If I can get eight consistent points, I know I am better at wide receiver and running back than every other team in my league. If I can get eight points, that's great. I've, I've struggled this, this year. This last week lost because Doyle had like a point, which was annoying, or two points because he had two catches in nine yards. So if I can get eight points out of my tight end, I'm set. Uh, Austin Hooper, I think there's a little bit more of a name value. He scores a little bit more touchdowns. And Tyler Croft, once again, with Cincinnati, He's not a name that people talk about a lot. I think he gets talked about on the waiver wire shows a lot. But other than that, no one I know of is really looking to start Tyler Croft on a consistent basis. So I would keep Watson, trade Hooper, and cut Croft. Uh, a couple of questions that have come in as well. Um, question comes in, is Bryant droppable? I have Evans, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Thienan, and Aguilar. I would say I would drop Aguilar personally, because I think if it's a PPR league, let me preface it that way. Yeah. Bryant is getting way more target share and has much more opportunity. Yes. Aguilar has, has had some very good games and a, I believe a touchdown streak of four straight games there in the middle of the season. Once again, unless you're named Zach Ertz, you're not getting a lot of targets in Philadelphia. They're spreading that ball around, which is what makes them so dangerous. They don't need to rely on their quote-unquote go-to receiver. So I would keep Bryant and probably drop Aguilar. Once again, like Michael Thomas, uh, love Adam Thielen, like Keenan Allen. Evans, I'm impartial to, but I still like him over Aguilar and Bryant. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm pretty much in the same boat with you there. So, uh, Question, is Robert Woods the number one receiver on the Rams over Watkins? That's a yes. My opinion. Yes. Yes, that, he is. Yes, he is. And that doesn't change this week going against Minnesota. He is startable. Not only is he the hot hand, but right now Xavier Rhodes is banged up, uh, and, and that's a matchup that they could continue. I don't want to say exploit because I don't think you can say exploit and Xavier Rhodes in the same sentence. But that's <laughs> a matchup with the way Robert Woods is playing and the way they're getting him the ball. Minnesota just gave up 30 points to, to Washington. So the Rams are a much better offense as much as that is no one thought that at the beginning of the season. Everyone thought the Rams were going to be kind of eh, but that Washington was going to be great. The Rams are too good of an offense to putting up too many points. Robert Woods is the number one receiver there. You got to roll with Woods, even this week against Minnesota. Yep, I agreed. 
Uh, one last question comes in. Sit one in standard. Thompson, okay. Tate, Crabtree, or Woods? Of those four, which one would you sit? Problem is three of those are, are wide receivers. One of them is a running back. I understand that. Okay, so Thompson, Tate, Woods, and Crabtree. Who else? And Crabtree. Crabtree. Just for this week? Just for this week. All right, give me give me one second. Uh, I, I'll go first. I would sit Crabtree, and here's why. Um, Chris Thompson is getting an uptick in, in production uh, with the injuries at Washington. I really like Tate now once again as the established number one receiver as Galladay comes back. And uh, John, or Marvin Jones takes a huge hit in terms of production like he did this last week. And you can't not start Robert Woods. So the way things are trending, uh, Crabtree only got three, target, or three catches and 40 yards in the last game. Miami's playing better defense. So as much as I don't want to sit Crabtree, um, over the last two weeks he hasn't gotten into the end zone. Only has 120 yards, eight well, this, catches. This past okay. week was a bye. The week before wasn't great. So, yeah. so I I would, as much as it hurts, I would sit Crabtree in of those four. Yeah, Crabtree's been consistent, but just hasn't been great over the last few weeks. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. You, you've probably got to sit him. So, All right, so that rounds out the show. Once again, we want to thank you guys. Uh, for for listening to the show. Once again, you are the reason why we do this. Uh, for those of you who are listening and haven't done so already, we're going to rant about this till we're red in the face uh, about the iTunes reviews. Make sure you go over there, leave a review, leave a rating. Um, if you want to leave a review that is an advertisement for your business, I go ahead. We will read it on the air. Free publicity for your show. Um, as well, go over, make sure you're part of the giveaway at schoolkingfootball.com slash giveaway. Follow the instructions, and you could enter to win a signed Evan Ingram jersey that is fully authenticated from pristineauction.com. This is the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, and thank you guys for listening. All right, we'll talk to you later, guys. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 
and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.